0: Welcome to Bed Crime Stories Podcast. I'm your host, T. To my bed crimers, hi, how are you? I hope you're having a wonderful day. To anyone new here, a warm welcome. Thank you for checking out my channel. All I ask is that after listening to and or watching the video, if you find you enjoyed it, learn something, do me a favor, smash the like button and please consider subscribing. And if you want to help me survive on these harsh YouTube streets, please consider a membership or a Patreon membership. I keep the price low at $1.99 because I know money is tight. With all that out of the way, let's get started. Well, hello there. Welcome to The Work Week. It's Monday, and today I'm going to talk some more about the Charlie Edelson slash Dan Markell case. For those of you who are as obsessed as I am with this case, today I thought I'd share some fascinating tidbits from Sigfredo Garcia and Katie McBanoah's shared trial in 2019. When the two defendants went to their shared trial, Garcia was facing the death penalty. Katie was not. Garcia was found guilty but he was sentenced to life in prison instead of the death penalty. Katie, on the other hand, ended up having a hung jury. They could not decide if she was guilty or not. For this shared trial, both DiGfredo and Katie were given makeovers. Garcia's hair was cut close to his scalp. And although he didn't normally wear glasses, he was wearing a pair that made him look something akin to a professor. Katie was also sporting glasses, and she wore a black pantsuit. She also had on a gold wedding band on her left ring finger, implying that she and Garcia were actually married. They were not. Katie looked like somebody headed for an interview at a bank. She was definitely a far cry from the cleavage bearing, lip pouting vixen who had dated Charlie Adelson in 2014. Garcia and McBanawa had to look clean cut because you don't get a second chance at a first impression with a jury. Although they weren't legally married, Katie and Sigfredo had known each other for more than 15 years at that point. Katie had gone to college while the two of them were living together in Orlando, and they had gone on to have a son and then a daughter. Now, during the trial, all they could do to offer support to one another was glance across the room what's interesting is that in order for prosecutors to go after charlie adelson and now his mother donna prosecutors felt they had to first nail garcia and mcbanawa you may recall that luis rivera was already behind bars for other crimes when the prosecutor offered him a plea deal just seven years for his role in the crime. If he'd confess, tell what led him and Garcia to drive to Tallahassee back in the summer of 2014 for the sole purpose of doing in Professor Dan Markell. Some have described this as the prosecutors going first for the low-hanging fruit in order to have a better shot of nailing Charlie Adelson. It must have been weird for the jurors to hear about Wendy Adelson's contentious divorce with Danny Markell and how Katie was hired to arrange for Garcia and Rivera to take care of the Dan Markell problem when Charlie and Donna Adelson weren't in the same courtroom sitting next to Garcia and McBanoa as defendants themselves. During Garcia and McBanoa's trial, defense attorney Sam Zangane went after Luis Rivera. Zangane pointed out that for the first trip to Tallahassee, a trip made to Duin Dan Markell, but that turned into more of a scouting expedition, cell tower records proved that Rivera had traveled to Miami from Tallahassee in June of 2014, but there were no such cell tower records showing that Garcia made the same trip and when Rivera was stopped for a traffic citation during that first trip, the state trooper supposedly found no one else in the vehicle aside from Rivera. The attorney also stated that it made no sense that Luis Rivera would have been paid $35,000 simply to drive to Tallahassee with Garcia twice, while Garcia did the actual act of pulling the trigger. Of course, the defense attorney was trying to get Garcia acquitted, and at this point, Garcia had no love for Luis Rivera because Rivera had said that Garcia was the guy who pulled the trigger. And I have to say, I've often wondered why Rivera did receive such a large portion of the more than $100,000 that Charlie Adelson handed over to Katie for the crime to give to Garcia and Rivera. Garcia supposedly received $40,000, Rivera $35,000, and McBanoa the rest, along with other perks, including a used Lexus, which she may or may not have paid some monies for from Harvey Adelson, and of course some plastic surgery for her chest area, which supposedly Charlie paid half of, although he denies this, and then many a paycheck from the Adelson's dental practice for doing zero work in the office. If Rivera only had to accompany Garcia for the job, if Garcia is the guy who pulled the trigger, it does seem like Rivera should have received much less of that money. Garcia's attorney also pointed out that Garcia was not happy that the rich playboy, Charlie Adelson, was hanging out with Katie. The attorney argued, why would Garcia help the very man who was making him angry, Charlie Adelson? But Katie McBanawa has said she didn't share the name of the person who asked to have Dan Markell taken out with Garcia. And she didn't say Garcia's name to Charlie Adelson either. Zangane wanted the jurors to think that it made more sense for Charlie to have solicited Rivera alone, simply because Rivera was the Primero of the Latin King's gang. Primero meaning leader. Rivera was, in fact, known as King Tato. However, he primarily dealt in drug dealing. Anganay even speculated that Rivera had likely supplied Charlie with drugs such as steroids and snow. When Katie's lawyer, Tara Kawas, gave her opening statement, she described her client Katie as an innocent person being accused of a crime that she didn't commit. Kawas said that it was only because of prosecutorial desperation that McBanawa was even charged. Kawas said, quote, the prosecutor's relentless obsession with arresting the Adelson family has led to this day, this moment, in this courtroom where an innocent person is being accused of a crime she did not commit. Kawas then went on to describe Katie as a hard-working woman who loves her children and just wants to provide a good life for them. Kawas went on to say, Katie's major downfall, and the only thing that she's guilty of, is having horrible taste in men, including her taste in her on-again, off-again boyfriend, Sigfredo Garcia. Kawas stated, that by 2013, Kitty was done with Sigfredo and that's when Charlie Adelson entered her life. Kowas also pushed back against the prosecutor's theory that Katie was the only link between the Adelsons and Garcia and Rivera. To support this statement, Kowas pointed to cell phone records that revealed, get this, that Garcia had made at least one phone call directly to Harvey Adelson 17 days before Dan Markell was attacked in his garage. Kawas came right out and said, that members of the Adelson family are not in the courtroom today because the state hasn't even arrested them or charged them with anything. Kappelman, Kawas stated, didn't want jurors to think about that because it's not good for her case. Kawas was intent on getting jurors to believe that Katie was just a pawn in Charlie Adelson's plan to get rid of Dan Markel. I don't know about you guys, but I am so intrigued in that call from Ziegfredo Garcia to Harvey Adelson. It seems to be the one piece of evidence, at least that we, the public, know of, linking Harvey to one of the hitmen. It definitely makes it seem like Harvey had to have known about the planned crime against Dan Markell. But is one call enough to build a case against Harvey? Time will tell. Back to Katie McBanawa. Personally, I believe Katie was used as a pawn by Charlie Adelson. To get the crime committed without him dirtying his own hands. I think Charlie used Katie and I think he justified it by giving her what he valued most, and that was money. Katie is guilty of being a co conspirator in the crime because she found someone to hurt Dan Markell, Garcia. And she put a lot of pressure on Garcia. To commit the crime. She basically said, if you want me back, you have to do this. And according to Rivera, his homeboy, Garcia, was whipped when it came to Katie. He was passionate about her, even though he cheated on her. And then Garcia recruited his best friend, Luis Rivera, to help. Katie, in my opinion, was lured into her role in this crime by two things. One, wanting to be with the wealthy Charlie Adelson drove fancy cars and had tons of cash to splurge on sushi dinners, boob jobs, fancy cars, boats. I think Katie wanted to please Charlie when he asked if she knew anybody who could hurt someone. Little did she know that Charlie would dump her and encourage her to go back to Garcia right after the crime went down. That had to have hurt. And two, Katie was swayed by the money Charlie, and maybe Donna too, for offering to her and Garcia and Rivera. The monthly paychecks, the fancy Lexus car, cosmetic surgery, etc. Living in Miami, a place notorious for wealth and beautiful people, Katie probably wanted to secure the good life for herself and for her kids. Yes, she had a college degree, But I think she wanted the kind of things that only the very wealthy typically can get their hands on. Ferraris, plastic surgery, nice homes with pools, etc. I wonder what Katie thinks about these days as she lives behind bars without her children. Is she banking on her appeal? She hoping that by finally copying to the truth when she testified in Charlie Adelson's trial, that prosecutors will see it in their hearts to get her out of prison at some point. If an appellate court grants Katie's appeal, her case will be sent back to the trial court. The lower court then has to reconsider the case in light of the appellate court's ruling, but the chances of winning a criminal appeal are really low. In Florida, less than 20% of cases are successful on appeal, and to think Katie was offered immunity to testify against Garcia. And she turned it down. Katie said she couldn't testify against the father of her children. Bad move. Because now her children have both their mother and their father behind bars for life. She should have taken the deal. Remember, she had an on-again, off-again relationship with Garcia. And one of the reasons for that was that Garcia had a relationship on the side with a stripper. Of course, Katie also strayed by going out with Charlie Adelson, but this was after she had kicked Garcia out. But what I'm saying is she owed no loyalty to Garcia, even though she is the one who pushed him very hard to take on the job of doing away with Dan Markel. It's such a complicated crime. And along with Dan Markel and his family, the other victims are all the children who are affected by it. Until the next time on Bed Crime Stories.